0: Hi, and welcome into the Charlie Reimer Balls in the Air podcast. I'm your friendly host, Charlie Reimer. Got another great show for you guys here this week. Jerry Rice, without question, the greatest NFL receiver of all time and one of the best players in the history of the NFL. Now, I first met Jerry Rice out at the American Century Celebrity Championship at Lake Tahoe a few years back and When I had a chance to first spend some time with him, three things stood out for me. Number one, how humble he is. I'm telling you, (laughs) he's one of these guys that'll actually listen to you. And uh, that that says a lot about a top-notch celebrity in the world that we live in today. The other thing that really stands out is a lot of athletes play golf Most don't have great feel with their hands, and that's not the case with Jerry Rice. Around the greens, he's got great touch. He's super silky. And the thing that's really cool for me to watch him play, uh, as I watched him quite a bit out there at the American Century on live television, is that his hands are so good, it's really easy for him to control the trajectory of his shots. And finally, his sense of humor. Jerry Rice loves to laugh. And we had lots of laughs in our recent interview. Please enjoy the legendary goat, Jerry Rice. Welcome to the Charlie Reimer podcast where we talk golf, life, and whatever I want to talk about. Because, hey, it's my show. And I'm going to tell you what I like more than anything. Goats. And I've got a goat with us today today. The man is a three-time so- Super Bowl champion, and he's a pro football Hall of Fame member, college football Hall of Fame member. He got all the NFL records, all of them. And, and if you look at who's in second, they're not even close. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Rice. Jerry, thank you so much for joining us on the show. How's it going today?
1: Yeah, everything is going well, man, but I'm still hungry. You, you know, after winning three Super Bowls and all of that, you know, it's... I just can't get enough. I want more, Charlie, I just want more, man.
0: I, I know, I can see it in your eyes. I'm hungry too, but I think we're hungry for different things. You know, I'm trying to get through the buffet. You're trying to win something, but that, but that's all right. But hey, I, I want to start with the most important question. All right, you ready for this? Okay. How's your golf game right now?
1: Oh my God, it <laughs> is, wow. It's like speaking a different language you know, you think you got it, you know, everything is going right. And then I don't know, something happens. And in golf, you can't blame anyone else. In football, I could do that, you know, <laughs> a drop pass or something like that, a ball thrown high by Joe Montana, Steve Young, I could put the blame on them. But in golf, you can't do that. And so I would say it comes and goes, and it, but it's just the challenge of it, and uh, we just keep going back, man.
0: Yeah, you can't get enough golf, and and it and it kicks you in the gut. It kicks you in the gut, and you're like, I'm finished. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you have three holes, and you're like, man, I've fallen in love with this all over again.
1: Hey Charlie, I thought about going to pickle pickleball.
0: I was I, like, you know what? You were putting, I, you were putting so bad, you were thinking about pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> that's putting bad right there. <laughs> but you know, uh, pickleball is like the hottest thing now, right? I know. You ever tried it? No, that's for skinny people. That ain't for me. <laughs> I saw Hank Haney. You don't have to run as much. Well, I know, I know, and I know you've probably been around Hank Haney, so he doesn't weigh but 85 pounds anymore because all he does <laughs> is play pickleball. That's for skinny people like like you and Hank Haney. Hey, let, let's talk. Uh, I, I want to get into golf in a little bit, but I, I mean, when I got a goat, I got to talk a little football. And, and and I and I try to ask a question similar to this whenever I've got a chance to talk some uh, talk to somebody who's in the best in their field. When when did you know that you were really good? I mean, was it was it in a high school game? Was it a certain catch? Did it come before high school, college, and professional golf? I mean, when did you get finished with a game or sit around some, somewhere and go? I think I'm pretty good. I think I got this thing figured out.
1: Charlie, you know what? I never knew that. To be honest with you, and, and I think that was the drive that just kept pushing me because I stayed hungry. And you know, when when guys have some success uh, in what they're doing, they have the tendency to relax just a little bit or not work as hard. And, and I just never felt like I got to that point. So I always continued to work hard. If I had a game and I had over 10 receptions, over yeah, two, 260 yards, uh, touchdowns, you know, three or four, I still wanted to come back the next week and have a better week. So I, I, it, never, it, it, it never dawned on me that I was good. Yeah, and, and I just kept pushing myself. My teammates now, they would tell me, they're, they're like, Jerry, why are you still working so hard? You are the man. You don't have to do that anymore. But I just felt like I had to be accountable when I stepped on the football field. So I had to lead by example. Then I had to show up in, in uh, big ball games.
0: Man, there's so much to be learned from that. I, I hope we have a lot of kids that, that uh, hear what you just said. Told me, and, and it reminds me a little bit of um, Arnold Palmer. You know, he <laughs> he always yeah. thought he was going busted. <laughs> he always he always thought he was about to go bankrupt. And, uh, and boy, do I miss Mr. Palmer. When he passed away, I read in the paper he's worth eight hundred million. I wish I, I wish I always <laughs> thought I, I was going busted. That's it. That's I mean, staying hungry. I mean, that's how you got to get yeah. up out of bed every morning.
1: Yeah, and and. Uh you know, I was at the Masters one year and uh, they were having like the, the part three competition and this guy took a B line right towards me. He came straight in my direction and it was Arnold Palmer and he came over and just started talking to me when that happened, Charlie. I could have, I, you know, I could have died because, you know, to have Arnold Palmer to make a beeline straight to you and just come over and start talking to you and ask you, you know, how you doing? It's great to see you. And, and, you know, I, I feel like, you know, he's one of the greatest, uh, to ever play the game and, uh, just something I'll never forget, never forget.
0: When, when I was with golf channel, every now and then I'd see him and, uh, you know, he was one of our founders. He'd make a beeline for me. And it was, why in the world did you say that last night on the news show? What, what's wrong with you? So I know what it feels like for him to make a beeline, but we got Well, it was different. <laughs> a for different me. Yeah, a little bit different ending to that story. So when 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 um, I start looking at, at at some of your records, I, you have know, the computer pages, da da da, da 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 it fills up and, and so I'm I'm trying to, to to come up with a question maybe that you hadn't had before, and I think I might have figured it out. Um You are the highest-scoring non-kicker in NFL history. And and, and I want to ask you about six of those points. You see, I'm a heartbroken Atlanta Falcons fan, very heartbroken. Yeah, Those
1: those dirty birds.
0: (laughs) You threw one touchdown pass in your career. That was in 1995 against the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, how how much fun was that?
1: Hey, Charlie, I'm going to tell you this. I took that reverse pass, and it was not really a good handoff. The ball was bouncing all up around my head, and I knew I had pressure coming from those defensive linemen, and I knew I had to get the ball downfield to J.J. Stokes. I threw the perfect spiral, and, and it's like everything slowed down. <laughs> I got hit. I, I I was looking at J.J. Stokes make that catch that was my my only uh you know uh pass you know for a touchdown but the way it happened it's like the way it unfolded there were so many things that happened during that actual play and when we went back and we watched it that monday the guys they couldn't believe it. they they were like Jerry my god you had a split second and i, I said well i just closed my eyes and i threw it up <laughs> <laughs> man and it was right on the money yeah. where
0: the guy, with the guys needling you up? i mean does that does that happen you're breaking down film looking at looking at last yeah. week's game getting ready. i mean i'm sure the 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 sarcasm the fun the camaraderie um it's i've never played football i've been a golfer my whole life and, and that's one of the things i've never really been in a team environment that's one of the things that that, that I really miss and think I would love had I had a chance to to play a team sport, just being in the locker room with the guys or breaking everything yeah. down after the that, game. That's got to be something you miss, I would think.
1: Yeah, that uh, camaraderie, uh, you know, being out there, you know, going up against 60 or 80,000, you know, hostile fans, you know, and and and, and being such a uh, close-knit team where you can go in there and just take that crowd out. Bill Walsh was one of the greatest coaches ever. If we had to go to the Meadowlands to play the Giants, he knew that the first thing we had to do, we had to take the crowd out of the game. Once we took the crowd out of the game, now we could just focus on the team and just execute. Because the worst thing is, you know, when you got the crowd in the game, you hear all that noise and stuff like that. They make it hard for uh, the opposing team to uh, be able to execute. So we really worked hard on that. But, man, we had guys that just had one heartbeat. I, and 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 we played for each other. And some of the greatest players, you know, like Montana, uh, Steve Young, Ronnie Lott, Dwight Clark.
0: Yeah, you know, boy. Dwight
1: Clark started that – you know, he started the dynasty mm-hmm. with that catch, you know, against the Dallas Cowboys. So – we had a well, well-oiled uh, machine.
0: Uh, uh, Dwight Clark's not with us anymore. I- I'm sure that's a friendship
1: that-, that you miss dearly. Oh, yes, without a doubt. Because Dwight, when I first came in, he showed me how to run that out route. And, uh-huh. you know, I ran it different at Mississippi Valley State University. <laughs> and, and And here it was all about going down and rolling out of that at 12 yards. You know, you had to hit 10 yards then you're going to roll to 12 yards. So he really worked with me on that. But just watching him on the football field, how precise, you know, he ran his routes and how he caught the ball because he was not the fastest guy, but he could always get open and and, and make catches. And, uh, you know, we had a relationship that was uh, just amazing. And, And he will always be, you know, right here with me because, you know, that guy welcomed me. Uh, 100% when I came to the Niners.
0: well, we certainly miss him in the Carolinas. He had a great career at Clemson and uh, last years of his life, I believe he spent a lot of time in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Um, Jerry, let's let's talk a little bit of football, or excuse me, let's talk a little bit of golf. When when did you first get into golf? How did that come about?
1: Well, Charlie, it was in 86. I was training with my trainer. We were at the track. We were getting ready to get a track workout in. Then we were going to transition uh, into route running on the football field, and for some reason, he brought out uh, you know a couple short clubs and in uh, a few balls. So after we got the you know got the training in, I tried to hit the golf ball, and the this stationary ball is right here in front of me, and I couldn't hit it. So I was like, you, you know, you know, I'm supposed to be this this well known athlete. There's a ball right there in front of me. and I couldn't hit it. And I, I think that was the thing that that really, you know, got my attention. And I remember after that, I would go to work early in the morning, go to this driving range, hit golf balls, <laughs> then be at my eight o'clock meeting, uh, practice all day till about 430, go back to the driving range, hit more golf balls and work on my my short game and all of that. I just, you know, became obsessed with the game. Mm-hmm. And it's such a beautiful game. And, and it's just something about when you hit that ball uh, exactly the right way, where you want it to go, or you drain that putt that, you know, that you wanted to, uh, you know, just, uh, just make doing a, a very – uh, important match or something like that it's just something about the game that keeps just it, it keeps pulling you back in.
0: Well it, the physical part of it, the challenge of it is one thing and then the social part of it, the, the, the people that you get to meet, the relationships right. that you make. And Last time I was with you I was walking with you uh, and Steph Curry and Justin Timberlake at, at, yeah. <laughs> at Lake Tahoe and and it, just some of the people that you've been able to meet through the game. Who Who would be your your favorite foursome that you'd like to play golf with?
1: Uh, amateur wise, yeah, uh, or any, professional anybody, wise,
0: you go back in history uh, if you want.
1: Why. If you want to go, hey, you're the goat. Wise. You you pick whoever you want. You got to go eight. Hey, uh, professional wise, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're going to get now, okay, not, now, much, now, not much controversy there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, amateur wise, you know, you look at Steph Curry, Justin Justin Timberlake. Uh, Michael Jordan and myself man that would be that would be awesome I mean Steph now Steph can really play uh, play the game of golf yeah and Justin Timberlake is, is the same way Justin you know we got on the card you know so many times because you know they were like okay you guys are going way too slow And Justin was like, you know what, like, no, it's okay. Hey, they came to see me. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he did. I think I heard him say that. okay. I said, as long as we don't get penalized or anything like that, you know, I'm all right. But yeah, you know, just playing with those guys and the relationships that you build, uh, you know, it can last for a lifetime. Hmm. And and you can also play the game of golf, uh, you know, forever.
0: I've had a chance a few times to, to play with Michael Jordan. I'm sure you've played with him a lot. And I love playing with him. And here's why. He's not nearly as good as he thinks he is. And financially, that's always a good thing for me.
1: I'm sure that's the case for you, too. But, look, but, but <laughs> boy, Charlie, but, hey, man, you you played on tour, the Nike tour, so you're good. Now, think about me. I'm going up against Michael Jordan, okay? Not only... That Michael, Mike, Michael is a good golfer, but he got very deep pockets, too, you know? Yeah, it ain't like you're going to bust him, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, that's something. And and that was, um, I think that was his last uh, championship run when I went to uh, Chicago. And he noticed me. I was sitting under the basket. And and after the game, he walked over to me. I, I think we, he was walking towards the bus or something like that. The next day, I was on at his country club, playing golf with him, and mm. you know, you know, you got you know Michael Jordan, he got a a, a posse. Mm-hmm. They all fall, they fall a certain way, and I could tell those guys they were so upset because Michael said Jerry's gonna ride with me today <laughs> in the car. <laughs> Charlie, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So now everybody, you know, you know all his guys, they had to step back just a little bit. But you know that was a that was a great time, and, and the next night uh, at that ball game, I was sitting right behind their bench, yeah, because of uh, you know wow. Michael Jordan.
0: Can anybody talk crap better than Michael Jordan? Any sport, no, no. all time. No, no. in,
1: in particular sly. golf. He's sly, but you know, what do you think? Uh, what, Barkley, maybe Charles Barkley. Yeah,
0: well. No. Nah. Michael's at least talking a little bit of truth. Charles ain't got no
1: truth in what he's saying. You know
0: that. <laughs> and Michael's got more game than Charles,
1: for sure. Yeah, man, I played with Charles my first year and I said, yeah, I'll never play with Charles again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's playing a little bit better. I'm, I'm happy to see because he, he, Charles definitely loves the game. But Michael, uh, a couple of rounds I played when we were playing for $20 or something. And, and believe me, I was a lot more worried about that $20 than he was. But... I was up early, and he's like, you're going to choke? He goes, they all choke. Everybody chokes around me. That's what people do. They choke around me. And I said, Michael, you're talking to the wrong guy. This is my home course. I ain't going to choke. I didn't. But, man, did we have a yeah. lot of fun.
1: And you could back it up. <laughs> well,
0: I used to could, but uh, every now and then I'd, I'd get hot. But it was a lot of fun spending some time with him, no doubt about it. What's your favorite golf course to play?
1: Well, one of my dream golf courses is going to be Augusta. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I've been asked um uh, several times. It just didn't really fit into my schedule. But every time I go there, it's just like uh standing on hollow ground. Mm. And and I, I just can't believe those guys actually uh play golf and hit balls off that surface. <laughs> <It's> beautiful beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? It is so beautiful. But you know, like just Pebble, Pebble Beach, uh Olympic Club, you know, San Francisco Club around here. Uh uh, I be- I belong to Sharon Heights right here in uh in Palo Alto. So it's a lot of uh great golf courses out here. Uh, you know, because even you got God, Pebble Beach, uh Spyglass, uh, Poppy Poppy Ridge, Poppy Hills. Yeah, Pasha yeah, Tempo on and on. Yeah, San
0: San Francisco Golf Club is one that's on on my bucket list. I had never had a chance to play. I I, want to get there sometime. But you just said something that I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, yeah, I've been invited several times to play Augusta, but it just had not been able to fit into my schedule. You get no sympathy from me on that one. Are you kidding? <laughs> What's in your schedule that could be better than I playing know, Augusta National? Have you lost <laughs> your damn
1: mind, Jerry? Hey, hey Charlie, <laughs> but you could tell I was really being sincere about that. <laughs> you know, because it's like once, once, once I'm obligated to do something, I... I, I pride myself on doing that. So yeah. if I have an appearance or something like that, I can't, I can't say no. And all of a sudden, well, I, you know, because I have said yes, I can't turn right back around and and disappoint a I lot understand. of my fans.
0: And I very yeah. much appreciate that because I know you get asked <laughs> to do a lot of things, including coming on here with us. And we appreciate that. Um, you, you've had a chance, you mentioned a Nike tour earlier. It's now called a Corn Ferry Tour. You've had a chance to to play a few events on the Corn Ferry Tour, which has been wonderful for the events because it brought a lot of attention to the events, brought a lot of people out that wouldn't have come out otherwise. But when you played in those events, what did you learn about your golf game?
1: I I think what I I learned is that I shouldn't be out there. (laughs) (laughs) It's harder than it looks. Those guys are so good. It's amazing how they work their way around the golf course. You know, as amateurs, we just want to play fast. We want to grab a club and we're ready to swing. Everything is precise uh, with those players. And, and that's the reason why I respect them so much. I think also Tony Romo, you know, he's playing in a lot of those uh, tournaments too. But, and, 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 and Tony, Tony has a good game. I mean, he's the ball long, and he can really play. But it's like those guys are on a whole different level, and I wanted to experience that, and I had my my chance of doing that, and I was like, you know what, Jerry, uh, I don't think you belong. Uh, inside the ropes (laughs) you you need to stay on the outside of the ropes and and just watch but yeah it was a great experience for me
0: well and and, um, again having you in those events helped the events and the players I'm sure were very respectful and and grateful to have you there Uh, when you talk about those guys the the golf professionals changed a lot basically when I came along with someone like me, would work his way to the PGA tour. Well, I, I didn't have an option to be an athlete really in anything else. Now you're getting guys like you who are great athletes who are choosing to be golfers early on and it's changing the game. Is that something that, that you've really picked up on and noticed?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think the thing is, it's just guys in other sports. Uh, they get addicted to this game. Uh, and um you know i'm one of those guys that know that you can't master a game but the thing is it's like when it, whenever you're out there competing uh you want to do your best and uh it, that competitive nature comes out so uh yeah you know it, it, michael joy i i remember michael always wanted to play football or play baseball you know it's, it's like different athletes you know they want to venture out and and they want new challenges and uh, and I have found that you know you look at golf and you look at all the professional players like you know, DeChambeau, uh Hideki, you know winning the Masters and stuff like that. You know Tiger Woods. I'm hoping that you know he can come back and play the game again. And but you know talking to Tiger, uh, probably talking to Bryson or something like that, they probably would want to play football. Yeah, or they maybe would play basketball. <laughs> so we all want to do yeah. you know, different sports. But, you know, it's just that it's that appreciation for the game, man. And and I think it's it's that thing that, uh, you know, it's going to challenge you. It's going to, you know, uh, try to bring out the best in you.
0: Well, there's no doubt about that. And and I, I want to ask you, I'm a little thirsty here. I, I hope you got a pretty good look at uh, <laughs> what I'm drinking right here. I got a little... Uh, I have, yeah, I got hey, a little
1: hey, goat buddy, fuel. You, mm-hmm. Hey, once you drink that, you're going to be a goat, man. I'm serious. Well, I you're going think... to be the greatest of all time. You're going
0: to want to come out of retirement. <laughs> 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 I think it's going to take a little bit more than goat fuel, but this does taste really good. T- tell me about what's going on with this energy drink.
1: Well, Charlie, you you know, we launched about a year ago and, uh, we didn't only launch with just one drink, but four drinks. And I wanted to put something out there that was a little bit healthier because in 20 years, I always watch what I put in my body. And I think that's why I had that longevity for so many years. And so, you know, uh, energy drink like Goat Fuel, uh, you're not gonna crash. Uh, 200 milligrams of uh, caffeine, uh, 15 calories. Uh, but the thing that separates us is that we added cordyceps mushrooms. We we noticed that these goats in the Himalayas, uh, at that altitude, that they uh, they had all this energy, all of this bounce. And you know what was going on? They were eating these mushrooms. So we put that in, into the drink and uh, it's a little bit healthier. Uh, now we have eight drinks, you know, the GNCs from 24 uh, Hour Fitness. Uh, a lot of drinks are being sold at Goatfield.com. Uh, so a lot is happening. But I think also coming out of this pandemic, man, people are going to watch exactly what they put in their bodies. And it's Goat is not just for athletes. It's for what you do, Charlie. It's for those frontline workers. Uh, and uh, it, could, it could be for an uh, entrepreneur uh, or whatever. You know, it's just that daring to be great. And uh, and I think, um, you know, I'm excited because I'm having those sleepless nights that I'm always processing. I'm, I'm thinking about the next move with Goldfield. Yeah. You know, what can we do? And, and I think a lot of people have really, really, uh, you know, bought into it. Well, because, it, you know, it's it, about greatness, man, and and, and I, I feel that that's really what life is all about.
0: Well, it, it certainly tastes great. I see it's only got 10 calories in it. That's good for me, and I like getting a little bit of caffeine, especially late in the day when you're starting to drag a little bit. Wonderful-looking product. One thing you said that tweaked my interest you said, we noticed goats in the Himalayas eating mushrooms. Now, did you get like your pith helmet on and your safari jacket and <laughs> yes. get up in the Himalayas? I can see you behind a bush up there. <laughs> hey, What's that hey, goat I eating? What's fine. that goat eating? A goat's eating a mushroom. Look at him jump. We got to check Gentlemen, out that mushroom.
1: Okay. <laughs> hey, why don't we put that in an energy drink? <laughs> well, however you get no, no, it is That's some great. goat stuff right there, Charlie.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Hey, uh, Jerry, I want to finish. Uh, you, you do a lot of events. Um, most of the time, those events are raising money for charity, whether you're putting on your own. I know you have a foundation or you're invited some somewhere else. This whole intersection of golf, celebrities, athletes, right. charity, that's something that really, really works. When we can all come together, have fun, and somebody gets some money or funds that really needs it, I know that's something that... that uh, uh, you, you really love doing?
1: Yeah, you know, giving back to uh, charities and uh, uh, my foundation is the 127 Foundation. Also, Steve Young and I, we have the 8 to 80. And it's all about, you know, trying to uh, give kids an opportunity to be on the same level. And 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 I, and I think uh, a lot of the fundraising, it makes me feel good about myself. You know, because everybody that supported me, uh, that inspired me to go out and play my, my best football, now I can give back. Now you feel, you know, totally complete. So when I broke Jim Brown's record, uh, Jim Brown had 126 touchdowns, and I broke his record uh, 127 on a Monday night against the Oakland Raiders. At there Candlestick Park. <laughs> <laughs> Oakland, yeah, the, the Raiders. And, and I remember Tim Brown uh, because George Seifer had taken us out of the game, Steve Young and I. And then all of a sudden he, he ran down the bench. He said, you guys want to do it right now? Uh, we like, really? Yes. So we ran back on the field. And I remember Tim Brown being halfway on the field. Because Tim had that look on his face like, Jerry, I know you're not going to do this to us on Monday night football. And <laughs> Steve threw the ball up. I was able to go up and make that catch. And uh, that was 127. And I, I and I believe I, I broke probably the greatest football player ever to play the mm. game record. And uh, I gave all the credit to my teammates. Mm.
0: Well, Jerry, we, we appreciate you. We appreciate all you do to – Pay it back, and uh, we look forward to seeing what you do moving forward. We're going to drink plenty of goat fuel, we can tell you that. And and also want to let you know here in Myrtle Beach, I know you love golf. we got about 90 courses and 70 miles. Anytime you come oh, down yeah, here, we're going to roll out the red carpet for you. So, uh, hey, thank hey Charlie, you, you
1: know what? I'm, I'm I'm gonna hold you to that. Come on, I'm gonna hold you to that because we need to get out and play some golf, man. So you know you can help my game, okay?
0: Hey, I'm. Are you telling me I'm gonna get some shots from you? I mean, I, no, you're he, the he, goat. Hey, I gotta hey, get hey, shots hey,
1: from the goat. And hey, hey, you never want to challenge me, Charlie. Okay, <laughs> I know, I know <laughs> that Jerry hey, Rice. Because all I have to do is bring you to San Francisco and have you to run that hill that I used to train on.
0: You, you know- So if I when, beat you, Charlie, if you, I beat you, yeah. you gotta
1: come to San Francisco and run the hill at Edgewood.
0: I, I think I already got a hamstring pull <laughs> thinking about run. As soon as you mention run, I'm out. But uh, <laughs> we'll definitely play some golf, Jerry Rice. You're the right, best, you're the GOAT. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, man. Take care.